0: Today's guest holds so many personal feelings for me. We are joined by my mentor, Janet Fitzgerald. She is director of instructor training and a senior master instructor for SoulCycle. Janet is one of the founding members of Soul, bringing over 20 years of fitness experience to her classes every day. She is witchy, sage, honest, and one of the funniest people I've ever met. If you haven't been to one of her classes in New York City, you need to sign up now because she has this ability to lead her writers on this inspirational journey towards total self-empowerment and freedom. Welcome, Janet. Thank you. I feel honored. Well, we're
1: so excited to have you. Tell us who you brought with you. I brought what I consider my partner in crime, Eliza Aaron Cohen. Hello. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> thrilled to be here. Thank you, guys. You know, I think for a long time I tried to fool myself by calling her my little sister, but then we began to travel (laughs) and everyone would ask me, is this your daughter? Every time I'm like, ha (laughs) ha. Right. That is quite an age difference. (laughs) <laughs> no, this is not my daughter.
0: How did you guys become friends? Well,
1: it's kind of a long story, but the short of it is is that um, I was teaching at the 77th Studio in the Upper West Side, and Eliza was working there. She began to ride in my class, blah, blah, blah. I broke up with a girlfriend one time, and I had tickets to um, the Cove in uh, the Bahamas.
2: Ooh, Please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's and so day party. and so
1: I said, "What am I going to do?" And she goes, "I'll go." And then she went, and I think I that was the that. beginning of all of it. I used to think that I needed a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a mate of some kind to really have all the things that we have in common and to have that much fun and to like plan dinner parties and like have these recipes and these do all this stuff, I thought that that had to be done with a mate. So when Eliza and I started hanging out, I'm like, this is
0: great.
1: I got all the things. I have all the things and I can forget all the other BS that comes with me and my not so great relationships.
0: But don't you find it really interesting though? It opens up, relationships in a different way then like you already have everything you need right here right you've got your friendships you've got all these things you feel fulfilled you feel satisfied and then you get to decide what else you want to bring in
1: exactly and right now it's not very much
0: (laughs) well (laughs) you're focused
2: (laughs) Your focus. I I mean, it's just
1: a pain. Every breakup is so painful. It's just like, ugh. You know, they want to list like a million reasons why they don't like you, and then they're begging you back. I'm like, you just said I was the devil. Can we end this already? Right.
0: Why aren't we done? Why are we doing this? Janet, let's go back. I want to give everybody who's listening a chance to understand your full story.
1: Yes. Oh, we don't have time. Where you come from?
0: We got plenty of time, girl. (laughs) Where did you come from, and how did you get? To New York City.
1: Okay, well, that's a very long journey, but I'll give you a couple cliff notes. I was born in Springfield, Missouri. I went to high school with Brad Pitt. We were even in the same musical together. Stop. Music Man. hmm True story, true story. I didn't know this. But I was a dummy because I was always attracted to the boy who had the lead, and that was his best friend, Jody Ballou. And the reason why he got all the leads was because his mother was the choir director. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Nepotism. Just, um, yeah. Of course, I'm always going for the mostly gay guy. <laughs> yeah. um, probably, and where's
2: Jody Balloon these days? Yeah.
1: Mm, I don't know, but I'm for sure I wouldn't be into it. Somebody get into <laughs> but Google. But Brad, School. if you're out there, let's circle back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um. That was Springfield, Missouri. Then, you know, it was one of these situations, I just have to tell this little teeny tiny part because I was trying to be like a cheerleader or I was trying to be, you know, I was always trying to try out for something. I never made it. And one year, I finally made it into the Pom Pom Squad. Three hundred girls tried out. We were at Pepsi Generation High School. We were called Kickapoo, and we were gonna be in the Macy's Day Parade. <gasps> and I was one of fourteen girls, and so like it was almost like you won Miss America. Yeah. Okay, if you can imagine that, like uh, yeah, I ben
0: finally killed to be in the Macy's <laughs> Day, Day Parade. parade. That's Thank like you. You win.
1: Okay, so. I'm thinking, oh my God. So this was like in May and then we were going to be in like um, rehearsal and practice and all of that all summer. And then I was going to become like the most popular girl in school because I never was. And so it was like, oh my God, I'm actually in. And I was a freshman and my father, who's a horrible tyrant, he's dead now. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) that horrible man burnt down our house and then they found out about it and we never got the insurance money. And he ended up moving away to try to get work in Oregon. And I stayed in this tiny condo with my mom. It was like an only child because my brothers were 10, 12, and 18 years older. So like, bye. Yeah. So then I stayed with my mom. I make it into the one thing I've always wanted to make it into. And then he said, you're moving to Oregon. In wait Oregon. for it. Wait for it. Salem, Oregon. And you're going to live in the back of the office on the trailer lot where i'm going to sell mobile homes hi welcome to high school i went to three different high schools i wanted like to yes really? yes we were very close to the ozarks when we were in missouri but anyway i also understand the reference you're talking about yeah. but
0: but you felt totally
1: shattered it was it was i was so shattered that i ended up losing my virginity before i left springfield just because i was mad at my dad not because right. i actually want to sleep with my boyfriend Greg Maga, just so you know. Oh, no, wait. Maybe that wasn't his name. You know, it's been a long time now. <laughs> there was a lot of him anyway. Poor Greg. That's how I got to Oregon. And that's where I graduated high school from. But you can imagine my entire high school life after that was just spent rebelling. Where is the most awful guy I can date, the one that will piss my dad off the most, mm. and like whatever? My father was always abusive to my mother. And so I lived in this volatile, awful environment my whole life like wishing he would die to say I was messed up was like you know anyway so I was in high school and I decided and I was always doing pageants and like all of this kind of thing and so I went to my school counselor and I said please God get me out of Oregon and can you please choose a school that um, doesn't rely so much on academics dance I'm a wonderful dancer let's go there So they got me an audition at CalArts and I got in.
2: Wow. And it was
1: amazing. Um, And I got out of Oregon. The issue was, is that I was so damaged by the time I got there and no one had ever talked to me about drugs and sex or anything. So I just became the biggest train wreck of all time. Just
0: consuming all the things to fill.
1: Uh, You name it. You name it, ecstasy, cocaine, like whatever. That was a huge failure. I ended up um, being more interested in like, you know, getting a sugar daddy and (laughs) things like that. No joke, and I don't want to go at great length in this, but it ended up being so bad that I was living in Los Angeles. I had literally free-based myself down to a size zero, I really thought I was going to die, not just from all the drugs that I was taking, but because I was involved with a man in the Israeli mafia who since has been shot in the back of the head and killed. I eventually made it back to Los Angeles and I was so messed up that I attempted suicide because I was a shell of a girl, you know, and I was like a drug addict and I had been away from my family and I was just so lost You're on your own completely. The greatest thing about that, it was the hugest cry for help, obviously, and it sent my brothers and my mom and everyone to the rescue, Um, and my father was alive at that time as well. They released me to my parents in Palm Springs. I lived out there for five years. I had several hiccups along the way until I was doing some, and I put this in quotes, promotional modeling. (laughs) <laughs> that means <laughs> passing out a few flyers at the Ginas Shore, <laughs> yes. you know, in I short know. shorts. I <laughs> know, yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: Promotional modeling, friends. It's a real thing. Uh, listen,
1: okay. So my husband, my future husband, drove by in a golf cart because he was a golf pro at the Mission Hills Country Club. So he thought it was cute. I thought he was cute. Blah blah blah. And um, I invited him that night. I was involved in a um, show called Ice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me everything oh, about innovative creative
1: no. entertainment and we basically modeled clothes from local Palm Springs stores Fabulous. and when I say model I mean dance routines in a nightclub mm. it's really <laughs> what I still do for a living <laughs> okay. we'll get to that later
2: Yeah. <laughs> see. it's really full circle it's circling back I, I promise yeah. this sounds no. familiar. we're gonna
1: get from crack to the wheel in a minute anyway
2: <laughs>
1: so I invited him, you should come to my show tonight, you know? And he's like, oh, really? What is it? Now, unbeknownst to me, he's like this crazy Christian dude. No offense out there, Christians. He played drums in the Christian band at our church. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy. Anyway.
0: Like the rock Christian band? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He ends up coming to my show that night. I end up falling in love with him, and this was fantastic because my soul really knew what they were doing. This was Christian Rehab is what this was. This was straight-up Christian Rehab. His unfortunate name was Mark Middle Initial P, I'm not lying, last name, E-N-N-I-S.
0: Smart Penis? Yep. Smart Penis. (laughs) Yep. If you're out there, I'm real sorry. (laughs)
1: But anyway... And his first wife was named Jeanette. And I was like, that's close. (laughs) We looked a lot alike. Anyway,
0: could have guessed that actually. We
1: got married in Vegas, and it was the greatest thing ever. And my parents were made in Vegas, so I married in Vegas. So I just thought it was a great tradition. Let's just keep it going. And he honestly, he didn't drink. He didn't smoke. He didn't eat meat. He didn't. He didn't do all of the things. So it was really fabulous. And I thought to myself, "Here is my chance. Mm. Like this guy could save my life. I could have a normal life. Like Birth. I could not be like in Israel, thinking that this man is going to kill me, and right. like you know, being beaten to like unrecognizably at one point. You know, you felt like it was a normal, like a normal yes. life. I was like, oh my god, I could like be Martha Stewart and like." live in palm springs and put an apron on and try to cook so we got married um it didn't work out so well lots of bumps along the line and i called my mom one day i was working um at the palm desert sports club i believe one of those okay. and i said mom what are you doing?" she goes well uh not much and i said well can you bring the truck over she goes what's going on i'm like i'm done <laughs> She goes, goes, got it. I'll be right over. (sighs) And she came over and I just loaded up all my things and like left. And that was, that was that. Thank God. But I'm so grateful because it really was Christian rehab. I did not drink or smoke or do anything for like, you know, a very, very long time. And I would go to church and I taught Sunday school and it was really this incredible, thing that got me clean and I always knew because they would always go like oh you should go to AA I'm gonna really offend a lot of people right here but like you should go to AA you really need to you're an addict you blah blah blah. I'm like listen here friends do I ever want to see cocaine again no not as long as I live I don't want to take Molly I don't want to take ecstasy I don't want to take prescription pills I don't want to do anything but if I should choose to have a glass of wine or not then that's going to be my choice. I'm not going to be hauled up in a meeting for the rest of my life calling myself an addict. I just can't do it. That's not your... That's not my journey. Right. It may be someone someone else's, else's and I'm like, thank God that's your journey. Yeah. But I was just like, that's not how this is going down. And
2: also, you had the ability at that point, whether it was Mark Penis or whether it was (laughs) somebody else. I can't... You can't not say it. You can't not. I know. (laughs) But you had that point to say, I'm going to stop right now and... I'm going to go to church. I'm yeah. going to quit drinking for the time being. And you didn't have those issues. Like you were able to, to live your
0: life every yes. day. Versus, yes.
2: you know, needing to have that drink right there. Which may
0: be the difference in being a full addict. Sure. And someone who was literally trying to fill a void. Right. Would you call it that? Would you call it fill a void? For me? Yeah. Um. You know, I mean,
1: listen, I've sat in a lot of therapy. I've seen a lot of healers. I've seen a lot of psychics. I've done a lot of work. And I mean... There's a lot of theories, you know, this one therapist was like, well, I was like, you know, why do you think I want to have this, you know, very unattractive older man pay my bills? Um, and if we'll just say it like Truth. that. Truth, right? yeah, we'll just say we'll, Let's it. just say it like that, friends. Just... They were like, well, how did, what did your dad think of you? And I said, my dad thought I was a princess. And well, how'd you feel about your father? And I'm like, I thought he was the biggest jerk in the entire world. I, and what did he do for you? He gave me things and he gave me money and that was because he felt really bad about abusing my mom. So he gave me things to make up for that. Here's a necklace, I've been a jerk, here's a, so that's all I knew. I only knew to find other men who were going to abuse and give me things to make up for it. So So anyway, so So, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I'm out, all of this, he tries to get me back later on but like that was never gonna work, blah, blah, blah. I get engaged to this other guy And we're living in Palm Springs and we're sitting on the couch and we're watching. um, And now I have graduated too. I'm still not doing drugs. I'm still not. I never did drugs again after that. Um, Thank God. Amazing. I wasn't smoking and we were doing like normal drinking, whatever that's called, like wine with dinner or like just going out with your friends, you know, like whatever. So I had hit quote unquote normal. Anyway, we're watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And I said, we turn off the television. I said, Chris, I have to move back to Los Angeles. Now, you have to understand with the person who had been through what I had been through, that was like, no, you're not even allowed to drive back through Los Angeles. Yeah. no, no, <laughs> All the memories. All yeah. The, that's not okay. Not that's safe not safe, safe space. That's not, a, you know. Um, and he was like, well, talk to me about that. And I was like, well, I didn't finish what I started. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, I went there to be an actress and I didn't finish what I started. I'm going to regret that for the rest of my life. I have to go back to Los Angeles. The nicest guy in the entire world helps me find a little small apartment. He helped me move. We were going to try to do the long distance thing. He was just the nicest guy in the entire world. I immediately start having night terrors. And I had had night terrors my whole life, um, probably due to how much trauma was in our home. You know, I mean, we would come home and like our home would be demolished. Yeah. Like our furniture would be in the backyard. Mom would be beat up. Dad, like Dad would be passed out. Like it was it was Did a lot of trauma. That? It was not, you know. I were having I was having these night terrors so I couldn't sleep at night. I would try to sleep during the day, stay awake at night, and the night terrors were so frightening because if I went to bed, and I had a glass of water by my bed and a book and some lip gloss cuz you know I can't be without it. It looks like that. So you wake up in your dream and you think you're awake. So when the room starts to shake and and things start to fly around the room and you're having the like these crazy like the like the devil's going to come and get me moments. It's you think you're You think think it's real. It
0: feels fully real. Because like it's the exact same image you close your eyes to. Yes. And then
1: when you really do wake up, you still don't know if you're awake or if it's stopped. Like it's literally the most terrifying thing in the world. So I was calling my friend Brenda who lived in Palm Springs. um, Because all this while I was like in Palm Springs. I was teaching aerobics. That's when that whole career started. And I was like doing bikini contests. And like I did that my whole life.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: I'm super proud. Um, anyway, <laughs> she said, Janet, you have got to stop. You can't call me at 2 in the morning. We've got to get you some help. You really need to get some counseling. I want to get you a session with this woman named Lorna Terrell. And I was like, who is this woman? And she's like, well, she's kind of like a spiritual teacher slash psychic. And I'm like, Brenda, I cannot even afford top ramen. There's no way I can even like get my little car out to Palm Springs for this session. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm gonna pay for it. You have to get some help. I'll never forget it. I drove up in my red Toyota Treselle with red nails, a red silk shirt, some red lipstick. Casual. Casual. But like also no idea that I was wearing that until she brought it to my attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she opens the door and she goes, oh, oh my goodness. Hello there. That's a lot of red. So nice to meet you. And so I came in and she's like, did you bring your questions? And I'm like, I did. And so she goes, all right, now just go ahead and sit down. Let's talk about this. She goes, I'm going to use some um, tarot cards, but I need you to know. (laughs) Tarot? Yeah, yeah.
2: Tarot cards.
1: She goes, I, I need you to, kn- to know that that's really just so that I can gain information. You see, it's kind of like the Akashic Records. It kind of just helps me open up to them, and you're going to tell me some information that's going to help a whole lot, too. So go ahead. What's your first question? And I said something like, um, well, I was wanting to know if, you know, like I'm going to get my SAG card. You know? Question one. <laughs> <laughs> question one.
2: <laughs> Never mind that I can't sleep no. for yeah. six months. <laughs> What's on the card? Right. Um
1: I ask questions like that. I ask questions about, you know, like I need to get my air conditioner fixed and, you know, a few things like this. And then finally she goes, "Well, okay. Um I see you have a whole lot of questions there, but let's get to one that I really want to talk to you about. I see you have a a ring on your finger. Are you in love with that man?" And then I pause and she goes, "You know what? It's all right. You don't have to answer that question. I already know the answer to that. So let's talk about when you're going to break up." So that was like the beginning. She also talked to me about these night terrors, and she said, um, The reason why it keeps happening is because you are giving them energy, and the more energy you give it, it's going to keep happening. They already know you're fearful, and so the more that you give it, it's going to keep happening. So get out your pen and paper. I'm going to tell you what to write down before you go to bed every night. She's like, This is called a soul letter. Okay, this is how it goes. And so she would. She taught me exactly what to write, dear soul. And like you would have to write it in a very particular way because if you didn't, there could be a risk of like illness or like all this other kind of strange Bring things. Bringing some sort
0: of other yes. energy and you weren't anticipating. Yes. Just by the power of your own words. Exactly.
1: So she was like very specific. You have to write it just like this before you go to bed at night. It's going to cure it. I promise you, you're going to be fine. That was at the beginning of a very long relationship with spirituality and spiritual teachers, and that's what really kicked it off. And so, like, there would be times when I would be sitting around with Lorna, and she would be like, Jana, you know, we really haven't talked about this, but I just figured I'd bring it up, just in case you're wondering, Um, you've had many lifetimes both as male and female so if you're ever attracted to both I just want you to know it's okay and I'm like what crazy lady you know but like she would drop little nuggets she knew like things that about you somehow oh, yeah. she was straight up psychic what do you mean somehow I know but it's interesting straight to, up
0: I know but it's really interesting <coughs> to me because you do the exact same thing to other people now I do I try to so now you're you I don't do. try to. You do, <laughs> Janet. Like, <laughs> I witnessed it over and over again. As much as you want to say, it's, it's, a th- it's not a thing. She right. said it's you're
2: kind of psychic, too. Like, you know feelings, and you know how people are feeling.
1: Yeah, usually. <laughs> usually. But I used to. But with Lorna, she was a different kind of psychic than me. Like, I would be at dinner with her, and, and I'd be like, oh, really? You're so psychic? What number am I thinking of? You know? And she'd be like, 41.
0: stop it it. get out of my head yeah yeah, (laughs) no
1: no I mean like she's like just recently I talked to her and she was like how's that hip of yours doing did that doctor tell you to get off that bike a little bit and I was like no he didn't say that she goes be careful you know I'm psychic
2: have you ever not listened to Lorna yes okay so now that you have broken up with this man Where did that
1: take you? I was already, you know, in Palm Springs because that fiance that I was with, he had purchased the Palm Desert Sports Club and he was so busy. I got my personal training um, license and I started personal training. I really started learning a lot about training people out there with Parkinson's disease and just like I really, the wealth of knowledge that I was able to sink my teeth into out there was incredible as far as the fitness industry goes. So now I go to L.A. and I'm thinking, I cannot do fitness because if I get on the step or do one more grapevine, I'm going to really just, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, but I I just can't. I can't do it. anymore. It's no more. Lorna had said, I'm going to introduce you to a a woman and you guys, y'all are going to be best friends. And she was so right. So she introduced me to Melody Morton. And Melody Morton and I and a bunch of group of other little witches in Los Angeles all met and we started forming this leaderless group and we met once a week. It was a coven. It really was. Mm. And we met once a week and it was a leaderless group because we all took turns each week leading what we were going to lead. And I waited tables, you know, I said, Melody, I've got to get a job. I'm not, I'm not getting commercials. I'm not getting any of the things I need to make a living. I I can, you know, and so she said, I worked at, um, Rock and Wagner in Santa Monica and I didn't know anything. And she taught me everything. She's like, this is how you open wine. This is how you do this. I started behind the deli with scones. And I ended up like head waiter by the time I left three years later. So at some point, I had decided that I was going to go get a girlfriend. And, you know, I got several. And was like, I don't know if this is really my gig. You know what I mean? But Wait, like,
0: when Lorna told you you have mm-hmm. to leave this man, you didn't feel you had no idea that correct that you had any interest in women at this point in your life or did you know yeah that's what we were wondering when that okay
1: it was this kind of interest it wasn't like i actually want a girlfriend but like oh this party's fun i could drink too much and end up making out with that chick or just some you know those kind of choices right Mm -hmm. totally but never like i want to hunker down and get a girlfriend (laughs) it was just (laughs) like i think i drank too much last night
0: (laughs) i clearly (laughs) had too much (laughs) <laughs> I clearly got a little
1: carried away at that bachelorette party.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So you decide you need a girlfriend. Yep. Then where do
1: you go? Okay. So I had several girlfriends, but the reason why I want to tell you about this one was because, um, one was Tevia Selle and she's the one that does all the training for cycle bar now. Yeah. <laughs> I decide Tevia is going to be a good idea. It was really probably the worst relationship of my entire life. And she will admit that too. So if she's listening, I won't feel bad. We were together for seven years. I get really depressed. We're living in Burbank. That's not the other reason I'm depressed. The yeah. Sorry, 818. <laughs> 818.
2: <laughs> 818. Mm.
1: <laughs> oh, so sorry. I'm, oh, yeah, it was bad. In, we we're living in a condo in the 818, and I take to the couch because I'm so depressed. Because I'm not doing any of what I want to do. So I'm not doing fitness and I'm not acting, acting. and I'm a lesbian and I'm getting fat and I'm on the couch. Like it's just it's bad news bears, you know what I mean? So I had these great friends, Janet, Robin, and Carrie, um, and they were like, you have to come spin with us. And I'm like, I tried that one time. I hated it. That's
0: exactly what I said. Hated it. Hated it.
1: I don't ever want to do it again. That's for other people, but it's definitely not not for me. me." Okay. And so I was like, I hear I've packed on like 13 pounds. I'm on the couch with my dog. I'm so depressed. And they're like, Janet, no, really. (laughs) you really need to come with us. And I'm like, Janet, totally, totally. And so I went to this spin class in, um, the Valley and I don't even know what the place was called. And I think we had like 10 bikes and I went and I took the class and I dropped my head and I closed my eyes. And at some point in the class, I cried, not just because her music was bad and I hated the instructor, (laughs)
2: However, I cried
1: because I felt the first little glimpse of empowerment. And I was like, oh, I'm not dead. I'm in there. Okay. I think I can save myself. I can come back out. I can get hold of this thing. So I went home and I was like, all right, okay, I can do this. Great. So I went back a couple of times. And then I even took her a cassette tape of music and said, Would you mind using this next time you taught? Like, no joke. I'm not kidding.
0: You just always had this deep connection to music that you knew. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. My parents always were like, I was like four. My parents were like, where's Janet? Mom was like, ah, she's in the garage doing what? Rehearsing. Rehearsing what? I'm not sure. (laughs) Like, writing down choreography. I'm putting on neighborhood shows. I'm, I'm, I'm producing things. I'm very busy. So anyway... I start going to this class, right, and I give her the music. She plays it one time. I go home, and um, I say, well, that was fine, but she didn't do the right thing to it. Like, she used my cassette tape, but she didn't do the right thing to it, right? Tevia rolls up pissed as hell. She's like, you owe me money. You can't pay rent. What in the heck do you think you're doing over there at that studio paying $10 a class? It has to stop. I called one of my mentors. It was one of Lorna's friends. His name was Elias De Mohan. He wrote a book, Sound Color and, wait, Harmonics of Sound Color and Vibration. Anyway, psychic, total weirdo like the rest of us. And um, he said, I got on the phone with him and I'm bawling, bawling. And I said, Elias, I found this thing that is going to change my life and I have to do it. Like it is a calling. Like I have to do this. This is going to change my life. I just know it. And I'm convulsing. I'm like crying. I go, but Tevya says I can't do it. And I don't have the money to do it. And he goes, do me a favor, go get an envelope right now. I did. He goes, do you have any money in your wallet? I'm like, I think I have $3. He's like, Take one of the dollars out and put it in the envelope and write spinning on the outside of it. And I promise you, Janet Fitzgerald, you will always have enough money to spin. And so I did. And I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I said to myself, what are you thinking? Go to the owner. I went to the owner and I said, I've been a teacher my entire life. I noticed that you don't have anyone teaching your Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. If I teach those classes for free, can I ride as much as I want? And he's like, okay, crazy lady. <laughs> like, he's like, sure. Wanna work, you
0: yeah, want to work for free, okay. For free.
1: I started teaching. I couldn't afford the shoes, so I'm in the tennis shoe things, you know, with the brackets.
0: The little, like, crate uh-huh. cage.
1: And I'm fat, so I am losing my toenails because the pressure of my feet in the tennis shoes and I'm overweight, but I'm so stubborn and so f- willful that I'm like losing my toenails, and like my knees hurt, and the whole thing is like pretty tragic. But like people are really liking my class now. That's going on, okay? Over here, on, adjacent, which is
2: my <laughs> <yes>. favorite word. <laughs> favorite One word, of my favorite words.
1: right? Adjacently, um, melody is managing this cafe in WeHo called Basics. This woman who owned this studio called Todd Tramps, and it was Todd Tramps and Debbie Rocker. You have to understand this goes back to the beginning of spinning. Debbie Rocker and Johnny G created it, and they got in a little tiff and went separate ways. So Debbie went with Todd Tramps and opened up Todd Tramps. My friend Melody, Debbie Rocker comes walking in, and by the way, Debbie Rocker, Bevan, no offense, I'm just going to say this out loud, makes you look like... um. A very unfortunate, super overweight <laughs> girl. <laughs> now, the reason why I say that is because I think of you as, like, one of the thinnest people I've ever known in my life.
2: We talk about happy. it often. Yeah, size. Um <laughs>
1: But, like, so when I say that, you have to know that Debbie Thanks looked like she hasn't that, eaten. And, like, Thank like, I know. Well, I'm so sorry. Say, no,
2: keep saying it. No, keep but it. it's the truth. Yes.
1: But that's why I, I, like, have to say that. Anyway, Debbie was very, very hungry. And... <laughs> My <laughs> melody meets her because she comes into her restaurant and goes. I need to buy fat-free muffins. Remember when that was a thing? Fat-free.
0: Yes, oh. fat-free everything. <laughs> fat-free, fat-free. Fat-free ranch.
1: Fat-free. Everything. Antemans, oh my gosh. Fat-free. Like we were never fatter eating all that shit. Never. By the way. I never. I was huge. I was
0: like, no, I did not feel good about myself. No,
1: it was no. not good. Anyway, whosever idea that was, that was a phase. So Debbie Rocker comes into the restaurant to buy fat-free muffins for the juice bar at the studio, and melody says what do you do and she goes well i'm buying him for my spin studio down the she goes oh
2: my god
1: my best friend and of course melody doesn't know who this woman is so it's like preposterous that she would say this she goes my best friend is the best spinning instructor in the entire city <laughs> Keep going. And she's me. telling this to the person who like created it yeah and she goes oh my gosh she's a seer she is dynamic and wonderful and funny and like she's like playing the best music I mean you just have to hire her now I go home and I get a message on my answering machine because I had one and it was hi this is Debbie (laughs) Rocker (laughs) (laughs) I call my best friend I'm like what have you done what have you told this woman who is she like what are you doing she's like Janet do not let fear get in your way (laughs) You have to go... Because see, also when you live in the 818, you feel like you're smaller than the people who live on the other side. So my thought and my idea was like, I teach in the Valley. I can't teach in West Hollywood. That's like, you know what I mean? Like A whole
0: different world.
1: Jersey City to like Manhattan. Yeah. Yes. I'm so sorry for anyone who lives in Jersey City. But (laughs) it's the truth. Then um, she... I, I called debbie rocker and i said <laughs> um hi this is janet yeah you left a message for me and like she's like okay well you need to audition for it, right but her idea of audition was just come and take my
0: class oh amazing <laughs> well
1: you would think so but wait for it so i drive my little car to weho And I get out and I go to the front desk and they ask me to pay $11 for the class. So I write an $11 check to Todd Tramps and I just pray to God it doesn't bounce because I don't have a dime to my name. So I was like, oh shit, right? And I think that I'm fat. So I have on a wife beater and I'm not like thinking back, like I was probably so gorgeous. I would just probably kill to look like that right now. A wife beater, heavy black sweats, and a um, flannel around my ass because you know that always makes it look smaller. Yep. <laughs> what am I thinking? A big red checkered flannel. Over. Thank you, Melissa Etheridge. That was a yes. very bad trend. Anyway, and a baseball cap. So if you got it, you've yes. got the look. Long yep. hair. Like I'm hot, but like also insecure. Obviously, <laughs> I have to take the class. And when I look at how thin this woman is, that's standing in front
2: of me, <laughs> <laughs> Debbie <laughs> Rocker. Yeah,
1: I'm like, oh, I'm not getting this job because she looks like that, and I'm a fatty patty right we now. We
0: have felt that m- like more. Like, I'm
1: not getting the job. Either way, I walked into the room and this is when the, I don't remember how many bikes they had, but it looked like a farm to me. But you didn't turn
2: around. Can I just say you did not turn around? I was
1: like, I'm here. paid $11. I wrote the check. I wrote the $11. I'm like, we're going to do this. But what I did think in my mind was, is I'm not getting the job, but I'm just going to take the class because I'm here. I'm here and I paid
0: $11. I paid $11 for (laughs) it, which is
1: a lot of money. I went and got on a bike. I'd never seen that many bikes in a room in my life. I was like, oh my God. How many were there? Probably 30 oh. 35 and that was like I was really like what is going on in here I went to the back row because you didn't have a signed seating you know yeah yeah so I put my head down and I closed my eyes and I said let's just try to keep up okay I swear to you about 45 seconds into the first song I started to tear up and I thought this is going to be my mentor I will not get this job, but I guarantee you I will come and I will find a way to pay for this woman's class and her voice and what she has to say as many times as I can. Like, I just, my soul, I just knew it. I was like, this is my, this woman's going to save my life. I'd never felt the feelings that I felt. I'd never, my, we weren't even riding to the rhythm in the valley. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> and it was, just, I don't. It just was, peddling. Just peddling. It was just fascinating. Just go faster. Yeah, faster, and then here, go faster than that, and then, I don't know. It was wild. Anyway, um, I got off the bike, and I had a little flyer with me because, you know, back in, that's how you promoted yourself. You know, you went and put your flyer, like, on the um, health food store cork board. You know, Lorna had said, "Um, Janet, always make sure to put your picture on the flyer because that's how they really see the window to your soul. So you've got to make get your picture on there and your phone number and all that stuff, right?
2: That's my business. Is that I'm what have, you do too? Photo. You have your photo. Yeah, yeah. that's what you do. Photo. And people are like, "Whoa, that's you!" And like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> yes, thanks. It wasn't okay. retouched that <laughs> much.
1: <laughs> Ass.
2: Like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's okay. That's how old my instructor photo is too. Like <laughs> completely not me when I show up where were we oh bike farm da, da, da I go back and I'm thinking to myself god bless us let's just get out of here this woman probably thinks you're a total train wreck and I hand her my little flyer and I'm like well this is kind of what I'm doing right now and it said like something weird like transformational color fitness nice. <laughs> like I don't know what it was
0: <laughs> I don't know what transformational I was I know. I
1: now this part is where it gets really good unbeknownst to me because I am not in this culture Hundreds of instructors are on a wait list trying to get a job with her at that studio.
0: And she invited you in.
1: Oh, it gets better. I have the job before I leave the studio. Oh, my God. But I don't know that all these, like, it's a thing, right? So she goes, well, um, all right. She goes, and I go, well, thank you so much. That was like the best class I've ever taken. I, I am I'm just incredibly grateful, and I'm going to come back and take your class. And she said, well, uh, can you start this week? I was like, I'm what? I'm sorry, I'm what? sorry what? What, what <laughs> Excuse did say? me. What did you say? So she immediately put me on the schedule. It was the craziest thing ever. And so all of a sudden, I'm teaching in WeHo on Los Angeles. Melrose.
0: Have you talked to her about what that was?
1: That no, you- no, she didn't really talk to people. She didn't say much to me after that. She was hungry.
0: <laughs> she was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to have a
2: conversation when you're hungry. Yeah, so yeah. Put yeah. you on the schedule. Yeah, you she, had your uh, your classes. She didn't listen to your music. She didn't know how like how you taught. How Mm-mm, you nothing. It's so it's but so she just saw something. Your guys is like your training program and knowing what Bevan does. Like yeah, it's no. I
1: had no training. Zero. Zero training. And so. Kind of um, awesome. Yeah. So I started teaching and she had a sidekick. Her name was Shauna. And so Shauna would tell me things. Like Shauna would come (laughs) to me and say like, uh, Debbie needs you to take her class more or Debbie wants you to work on this or Debbie, but Debbie never really talked to me too much. So that happened kind of how it blew up from there. If I, if I'll try to fast forward as much as I can, but how it blew up was I was busting my ass. I mean, like what I would give to a class, I would give... Every toenail, not just a couple. In Pretty terms soon, of your ride
0: and your conversation and all of it. Just everything music, I
1: knew how to give then, right. which was not very much. I just knew how to give energy. Right. I knew how to give music. I knew how to say woo. But I didn't have any skill as far as like guiding people with my voice. Basically, they came to me and they were like, you know, you're doing really well. And I was teaching at 730 at night and I hated teaching at night. I just don't relate. My body doesn't like it. I don't like it they go we can either move you to 5:30 p.m. from 7:30 p.m. has like 25 people in it or we can move you to monday, wednesday, friday 8:15 in the morning that's never been built there's no one in that time frame and i was like i'll take it she was like are you insane i'm like maybe but i think i'm going to feel good teaching at that time and then i think that when i feel good I'm going to attract
0: people. How did you trust your gut that much? Like,
1: Well, because we were in that little coven witch group, remember? Oh. Working every week and working on consciousness and working on energy and working on all of the things.
2: So how did you start to build up your following? Like, How did you, there's Facebook's? Is it there? No, we don't even have internet. We
1: don't have email. We don't have anything. We don't have anything. And this wasn't a gym. So remember, it's just a single building, one building. It's not a gym. So there was nothing feeding it. And there was no advertisement for it. And I didn't even have a business card. They ended up giving me Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8.15. And then they also gave me Sunday at 9.30. And Mm -hmm. that was a big deal. And that one got like a steady 15 people. Whoa, Mm. big time.
0: It's really interesting, though, that your Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Because now your Sunday service is the class is the coveted class and you can't get a bike in there. Like it's like you got to you got to your hand has to be ready to go at 12 o'clock if it's not. And you still might not get one.
1: It's definitely my most favorite class of the week for sure. Well, in a nutshell, you know, and I would sub everything. I was probably, I mean, I it was, was hurt and bad because I was probably teaching up to 17 classes a week because I would say yes to everything because I had a mission. When you call in to sign up, you had to call in on Friday at noon. The history of the studio was that there was only two women who sold out. One was the owner, which was Debbie Rocker. And the other was this woman who owns her own studio in LA now who is an icon Her name is Andrea Lewent, and all the rest of us had like two, three to 15 people in our classes and that was going to be it. And I made $3 a head. So when I had two people in there, I made six when I had, you know, and that was just the thing. I got my name spin pimp because I didn't meet anyone without inviting them to my class, but that it wouldn't end there. I would be like, here's my number. Okay. What's your number? Okay. I'm going to call you. And then I ended like this. If you decide to come, and you want me to book you a bike, you need to know one thing. If you show up, I don't get charged. I get to guest you. If you don't show up, they take it out of my paycheck. So I need you to be honest engine with me. And if you're going to commit, I need you to commit. Was that truth or not? Yes. It was partial truth because the truth was is that I had to pay for them anyway. Got it. So in other words, if the class was 11, I probably got $9 taken out of my paycheck for that guest. And I didn't want to pay for someone who wasn't coming yeah does that make sense totally yes. mm-hmm. so like i, I white lighted a I'm, little bit yeah so smart because because i didn't think they would come if they knew i actually had to pay out of my little paycheck yeah. right. but i did and shauna even said to me at one point you do know you'd have a paycheck if you didn't bring so many guests and i'm like i know what i'm doing
2: right well, i'm yeah. handing
1: out hits and they'll be back for more. They'll be back. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I knew it. I was like, that was my way of advertising. I finally decide that, and I and believe me, this is when I was with Tevia, by the way. And we had to go to therapy over this <laughs> because she hated working out. She wouldn't get on a bike. She hated it so much that she said, I don't ever want to hear about jumps. I don't ever want to hear about sprinting. I don't ever want to hear another... Damn thing about that bike. We had to go to therapy and the therapist said, She's like, I don't really think you guys should be together. I don't say that about very many people, but like I think I think you guys should break up. (laughs) So here's what I did. Um, first of all, I said to myself, I know for a fact now, because with my toenails falling off and all those mini classes and all that stuff, there's no way I could take Debbie's class anymore. So I would sit outside of Debbie's class and just write down everything she has to say. Because Shauna came up to me and said, you know, Debbie says you're doing really good, but you're going to have to learn how to say something more than woo. And so I said, okay. So I would sit outside her room and I would write down everything she said and when she said it. Like she would say, try increasing the circumference of every pedal stroke to expand the energy and blah, 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 blah. And I would write it down and I would write it down how she would say it in the swell of the music And I would think about it and I would try to put it into my own words because I didn't want to just copy her, but I wanted to like continue to develop my way of leading. But I always felt that I was better than she was at putting the music together. So when I would sub for her, it was the golden ticket because I would come in and I would do Debbie speak, but I would play. Rocket man and where the streets have no name and music Gina that music. they music that they knew whereas she played mostly back in the day, like very electronic,
0: right? The basic mixed with music.
1: lesbian tracks. You know what I mean? Like Melissa Etheridge and then the chemical brothers. I'm not mad at it. Like I th- I was here for it. I, I was,
0: I mean, I've definitely played both <laughs> those musicians in one playlist <laughs> before last week. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it was today. I don't know. Yeah,
1: totally. But, Anyway, so um, I, I got a lot of writers that would come take my class because they would take my class and they'd be like, whoa, and they could feel all the feelings because how I, why I reason, really wanted to teach was because I wanted that moment toward the end of class where it felt cathartic and like you would cry and you would have all the feelings and like that's why I wanted to do it. Long story short, I said to Tevia, I've got a plan and she did not care about it. But I said, you have to support me in this one plan of mine, please. I'm begging you. So I began to tell all of my classes at this date in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be bringing tons of people to this class. And so it's going to sell out. And I don't want my regular folks that have been supporting me this whole time to not get a bike. So I just need you guys to know, I know usually just roll in for this class, but I need you to call in sharp at noon on this particular Friday for this particular class. Then I called every relative and every friend and every person that I knew and said, I will personally buy you a bike to be on a bike that morning and you don't even have to do anything. You can sit up. You can smoke a cigarette, you can roll your (laughs) legs, you can play crossword, whatever you have to do, but I need you to promise me on your life that you will be on a bike that morning. And we had increased bikes now. I think we're like up to like, probably like 50. We have a lot of bikes in the room, right? Then I put a playlist together that was what I thought was going to be the slam dunk of a lifetime. All right, we started with Hotel California. We probably went home to where the streets have no name. Probably got Freedom George Michael in there. Who knows if we heard no diggity? Who knows, right? (laughs) Everyone in that age bracket was going to see Jesus if it were up to me. Buddha and Jesus were coming to the party. That was what was happening. And I painstakingly went over this playlist. They called me, and they were like, your class is sold out with a huge wait list. It was unheard of. That happened. I was thrilled, but still on the edge, right? So I made this special playlist. I have my cassette tape. I wake up the morning and it is pouring down rain in Los Angeles. Now kids, 9-1-1. I called every one of my friends who had promised to be on a bike that I had paid for essentially and said like, you better have your ass out of bed. I mean to tell you one thing, you better be on that bike. You said you're going to be on that bike and that's where you're going to be this morning because I knew that I had the goods. So if I displayed a supply and demand situation and we actually turn people away, that was going to be the key. I'm like, there better be people that do not get into this class this morning. And that is exactly what happened. I showed up. We turned so many people away. They did not get bikes. I stayed up at the front like Miss California going like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you didn't get in. Okay. you You know what? Sign up right at noon. Next Friday, all is good. You'll get right in because this is just because I brought a lot of people today. So just make sure that you, you know, like I'm just relentless pimping,
0: relentless.
1: That class happened and I kid you not, Jesus absolutely was in the room, Buddha and any other angel or guy that I've ever known in my entire life. People were practically falling off their bikes and screaming my name as we crossed the finish line. Like it was, what? Okay, so I was like, and then I get home and I'm like, oh. And I knew, I knew that that was the beginning, the very beginning. So what I started to do was, is I started to pimp out the Saturday just like that. And then I made goals. I pretty much never taught without bringing someone new to my class, which took a lot of work on my part, like dragging each person one by one to my class without even a business card i'm like grab a napkin and write my number on it and like my schedule and whatever so it happened that i i sold sunday out every sunday and then i started selling out every saturday sunday and then i sold out every friday saturday sunday and then it was wednesday friday saturday sunday monday wednesday so every class i taught you couldn't get into
0: you took it one class at a time that's it
1: and then richard nanula who was a writer of mine, and he was the CFO of Disney. Him and his wife took my class, and they had some hard times in class because of she had a difficult pregnancy and, and claimed that my class really helped heal, and they really just loved my class, and they loved me. And he was leaving Disney to go to Starwood in Connecticut, and he was going to you know, level up as the guys do, right. He was going from CFO to CEO. He asked me if I would move to the East coast and open up a spinning studio and then he would put up the money for it. And I said, no, <laughs> because I was still, my life was in Los Angeles and I still want to be an actress and I was still going down that road. And you're
0: still with Tevia, Yes. So they
1: come back to me a couple weeks later and say, uh, okay, well how about we give you the money to open one up here? And I go, and how is that serving you on the East Coast? And he goes, well, it doesn't. And I'll be honest with you, I think it had to do more with like giving his wife something because he was uprooting her entire life and family to another coast and taking away something that was so near and dear to her heart. So I think it was just kind of like, let me give you this project. Yeah, Tevi and I and the Nanulas opened up Body and Soul up the street and again this was before internet and everything so when I went to Debbie and Todd Tramp and told them that I'm opening a studio up the street you can imagine that didn't go over so well yeah in hindsight but nevertheless it happened I may have made a different choice at this Mm -hmm. point in my life to be honest but that's what happened Tevia was supposed to be the business end and I was supposed to be the talent end and that might have worked if we had kept it like that But we didn't, and that was a big issue. Anyway, we opened up the most gorgeous studio you've ever seen in Los Angeles. I learned so much about that whole process. And Julie Rice was a writer of mine, and I end up leaving the relationship with Tevia, and then I end up leaving the business, and they were very angry at me when I did that. They said, we were really angry at you and disappointed in you. And we believe that if you're out of the business that you're going to also leave teaching. And I said, I give you my word I want. And they're like, your word means nothing to us. Like Mm -hmm. we left in really bad terms. And I stayed, like I said, I would. And the funny thing is, is that I was really pretty depressed the rest of the time that I was at that studio and I probably didn't teach that great. And when I left, I went back to Todd Tramps. I blew back up again because I was happy.
2: Because also, when you own a business too, it's not just like there's so many things that come with it. Yeah. There's so many things that I wasn't it, prepared for not, that. Yeah. It's you're, you have so many things on your mind. You're meeting salary. You're meeting all these different things. You're heading up things you weren't doing before. Yeah. That you were just thrown into mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And now, so you meet Julie there.
1: Yeah. She had taken my class for years.
2: Okay. And, and she um, followed you. Yeah.
1: And I, I really, I didn't really know her. You know, she was one of these people that kind of sat by the window in the third row and put her head down and did her class and and probably didn't even, I maybe said thank you when she left, but we never had a conversation. I went to Madonna's Confessions concert uh, like an embarrassing amount of times in Paris and mm-hmm. London, like all these different places. And Kevin Wall, who did, you know, um, Live Aid, yeah, and he yeah. does like all the other like Earth Awareness concerts. I forget even what they're called. Sorry, Kevin, I'm really <laughs> bastardizing this <laughs> Anyway, he knew how much I love Madonna. And he said, hey, I have royal box tickets for you in London to see this Earth concert. Why why don't you come? And then another writer said, I'll give you and my new girlfriend at the time, Tracy, I'll give you uh, miles to get there. So I was like, great, let's go to London, babe. So we're going to London and I'm watching this concert and I'm looking around at all these green people, right? I'm like, interesting. They're very concerned about the light bulbs and all the things, separating their trash. And I said, this is fantastic. And Tracy's like, what's fantastic? I said, how inspired people are to do well for their earth. She goes, that's what you're inspired by? I'm like, yes, I'm inspired about how excited these people are about being green. That's exciting. I said, why don't we go home and open up a new studio and call it Recycle, and all the bikes can create energy And we can put one of those dance floors in the yoga room, That you jump on it. It creates energy. And then in the private training room, everyone who's like on a recumbent bike, they don't get the TV unless they're generating (laughs) enough power to make the TV work. So I came up with this entire business plan for how this recycle was going. And we trademarked the name and we did the whole thing. And I went around town starting to raise money with all of these guys that have taking my class for years. And I raised a half a million dollars and Julie starts knocking on my door and saying, we want you to come to Soul And We went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Finally, she just goes, you know what? Okay, let's stop negotiating. I'm going to bring you here with your girlfriend for three weeks in December. I'm going to put you up in an apartment and you can teach for three weeks. I'm going to make you the offer at the end of the three weeks. If you take it, great. If you don't, I promise to leave you alone. So I said to Tracy, let's go on vacation for three weeks in December in New York. York. It sounds great. I never intended on taking the job. You have to remember, Los Angeles work ethic is a little different. Teaching four classes in Los Angeles is full-time job. Yeah. And in New York, it's 12 to 15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I come, she puts me on, first of all, she puts me in like a four- floor walk up on illegal. the upper west side illegal thank you with no laundry illegal <laughs> like oh what god. is she thinking Julie. and i'm walking her in those bad sketcher uh <laughs> you know the big thick shape sketcher ups. shape-ups or something my feet are killing me oh my god you were
0: supposed have been an infant i was in middle school and i loved shape-ups
1: and it was raining and i'm like slopping my laundry to the fluff and fold down the street and i'm teaching like 10 12 classes i am so unhappy I finally go to Julie and go, Julie, listen, I'm so proud of you girls. Just, this is incredible. I need to go home now. I'm real unhappy. I'm, this is not for me. Okay. Thank Worst you so much time to bring you here. Yeah. Just, Thank you. Well. Thank you so much. So she goes, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Okay. You know, what can I do? I've heard that you train instructors. Um, what about, for, you know, the remainder of your time, you I get back off on your schedule, and for the other part of, of the minute that we agreed on, you can work with some instructors who are struggling. I said, great, happy to. So I started working with some instructors, and there was this one, specific one, Claire Veronica Walsh. And I looked at this girl, and I was kind of like, hmm... God's funny. I can't believe they had the nerve to make another one. But in all kinds of characteristics, the good and the bad. (laughs) Anyway, I started working with her. And within 48 hours, we got positive feedback on her class. Like... For the first time. For the first time. People calling in going like, I don't know what's going on. This is incredible. This and that, the other thing. And, you know, I I would just... Take a look at her playlist, and I would say, "What is this?" And she goes, "It's twenty songs." And I go, "Why do you have twenty songs on your playlist?" I mean, I don't want to give away too many um, secrets too many here. Secrets. I won't. Yeah. I won't. But I go, "Why do you got?" And she goes, "Well, um, I picked ten songs that I liked, and then I have an alternate in case it doesn't work out well, and I'll change my mind in class
2: throughout the entire class." Yep. <laughs> don't
1: look so shocked. It still happens. Yeah. All over the city. <laughs> Hell, it probably <laughs> <laughs> it probably,
2: probably happens. It probably happens at
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, I said, okay, you can never do that again. And then I'm like, I look at the order and I'm like, okay, these are all great songs, but they're in the right order. Put this one here, put this one there. Do that one there. Go teach this tonight. Let me know how it goes. She comes back. She's like, it's as though someone gave me the, the numbers to the lottery.
0: That's um, what it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> This format, this formula this whole thing that janet has created is what has really taken soul cycle from another spin studio right to something that is a full experience beginning to end
1: well the main thing is because i always said it's like if you build it they will come it's like the foundation of it is really the playlist the experience you put together if you do that correctly in the right order and you just show up even if you just had a beautiful smile like bevin and you got your tights on and you show up with good playlists and you've got good energy and you tell people they do a great job here and there and you Try to get them going at the same time on the movement. It's pretty much a slam dunk. Yeah,
0: I did it for two and a half years. I didn't <laughs> say anything else. I didn't do anything else. I did nothing. Like I literally just clipped in, and I was like, Janet told me what to do. I got yes. this. Here's the playlist. But so ha- Julie yeah. recognized that you, yeah. So were doing this. Well,
1: the, the truth is, is not right then. I'll be honest with you. I went into the office and I said, "Listen, um, I'm going to go back." To Los Angeles, and I'm going to go ahead and raise the rest of the money for Recycle, and thank you so much, and this has been great, and whatever.
0: Recycle, Pete. <laughs>
1: yeah, and she goes, well, she goes, well, let's talk about it. And I go, I'm not teaching 10 classes a week. Now, the funny part about that is, is that's what I teach now. Yeah, <laughs> I was
0: just I'm trying teaching to say, I'm 10 classes sure. this week, that's what I teach. That's your, like, back-off number. Oh, yeah, like yeah, 10. this
1: is my light schedule. Yeah. So that's what's funny about this. I told her, I'm not teaching that, and I said, I need to make this amount of money. So she said, okay, you can teach six classes a week. It was in my contract. You only have to teach six classes a week, and I'll give you this X amount of money that makes up for so you're still making this, and you're just going to train instructors. She tells me later on, oh, I just did that to get you here because I want to take your class. (laughs) But we didn't really think that you could actually... Trained instructors. Trained instructors. <laughs> Cut to wow. No, that's a true story. Like, they didn't, they never, they never asked when I was doing it, <laughs> where I was doing it, how I was doing it, how many people I was doing it with, that's how long it took. They had no, no, no protocol. No protocol whatsoever. Like, I would take seven, eight, nine months. You talked to the other uh, new people mm-hmm. in the beginning. I would take seven, eight, nine months to train them.
0: Oh, yeah. Everyone says that in the beginning it was like, just come in. We might we're gonna talk once a about week. some things. We're gonna
1: talk once a week. You can come to eat at my house. Yeah. I would take him to yoga. We go out and drinking together. <laughs> you know, like I literally just and they never questioned it. They never asked and so then one day Sweet. I called Julie and I said, Hey, uh, I need a community ride. And she goes, What's that? And I said, well, it's a free class to the public because I don't want to torture these fine people (laughs) with these classes because I don't know if these kids can actually teach or not. I said, but I need to see if they can teach in order to say, Julie, this is worth putting on the schedule. So it works for me because I can watch this class. It It looks like a lovely give back. For Soul Cycle, if we're offering something free for maybe some people who cannot afford it. So it's really just a win for everyone. And then the kids get a real room that they can see if they could actually lead or not.
0: So you tell her you want this community ride, and she's like, all right. She's just giving you what you want. Yeah. So you'll stay.
1: Like, we probably don't even need instructors yeah. that bad. Like, I don't <laughs> even think that we were, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> when does she realize <laughs> what you're actually doing? Okay.
1: So. Then I start literally producing superstars. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, people are coming up and, like, it's like, what are you talking about? Okay, now, the reason why on. this is valuable. Yeah, but okay. how did
2: you, if you weren't gauging, like, there weren't all these protocols set in place. You were just hearing, like, they were giving you that feedback of saying, well, I had a full house or the, the comments were coming hmm. in. How did you know that you, you were producing these superstars, you're saying. Oh, well, so, I,
1: of course I knew because the company was so small. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, so the company just knew was so that, small.
2: Then they were turning over, like they were getting a lot of riders. Yeah. And they were getting positive feedback. Yeah. So obviously, Jamie And Julie was, was taking the
1: class going like, what are you talking what about? Is this?
0: Got it. Like, like this
1: how in a- the world? Because remember Ruth, right, who went to Flywheel, who was their partner, told them before she left, you can't train someone to be an instructor. So you're just going to have to go out there and find all of the most dynamic instructors across the country or in the city in order to teach. And I said, that is not true. And I can teach someone how to be an instructor. So again, Julie didn't care. She's like, okay, here's your little salary. And please keep going. Once that happened, Julie and Elizabeth called me in after one year and doubled my salary. Literally. They were like, okay, we didn't actually know that you could do that and we're going to be opening a lot of studios. So here's X. And I was like, sweet. Wow.
2: That $11 so, went a long
0: way. It really super did. <laughs> no, the $1 in the, the envelope $1. went exactly, a long exactly. way.
1: Exactly. Thank you. And, you know, Julie and Elizabeth were very, very, very generous. I'm not kidding about this because I did tell her, I said, Julie, when I move there, I'm not joking with you. I'm in debt. I don't have any money. I need, I've got to find a guarantor for my apartment. I'm going to have to borrow money from you to get into this apartment. Like I'm not coming there. Like I'm just being honest with you. This is what it is. And they're like, we don't care. We need you get, get here and we'll make it work. I think after the first year, they just forgave all the money they gave me. Like, I don't recall ever paying anything back. I think that is the truth. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, I am the most spoiled, rotten child on the planet.
0: But you also, but you also I worked working. my ass off. Yeah. And also, no, I also, also let's, let's talk about, like, just yeah. monetarily what you've contributed to the company alone yeah. by training. How many instructors do we have now?
1: I don't know. I think I've trained over the while because, believe me, I've trained all of Cycle Bar and all of Flywheel, too, because everyone who didn't make it through the training program now works for them. Yeah. That's, That's the truth. <laughs> That's okay. the truth. So I probably trained at least over 400.
0: 400 instructors. At least. So you're now sitting back and you're watching this whole thing flourish. How do you stay engaged and fresh every single day?
1: Well, it started with something that I started many, many, many years ago when I was sitting in the floor making cassette tapes. I was, remember, I went from cassette to cassette. I noticed that Debbie and all my mentors showed up with a little zipper packet that had like 20 different cassettes in it. Yeah. And they would open that zipper, that packet, out, and then they would look at that and they would go, let's see what we're going to play today. And when I tried using a cassette more than one time, I noticed an energetic difference and literally a molecular shift in the room that I didn't like. I didn't have a lot of money because I was waiting tables, remember, at Rock and Bogna while I was building it. So every Friday night I would go to the Virgin Mega store and I would go to each listening station of world music, of rock, of classical, of pop, of like everything you can imagine. And I would spend a hundred dollars and I would buy ten CDs every Friday to start my collection. And when I made a set list, I never reused it and I found that there was a different kind of spark that no one else in the entire city had ever experienced. And people would say like, you know, I'd go to dinner parties and I'd be like, I have to go home because I have to get up and make music in the morning. They're like, why don't you just use old music that your, your writers would never know. And I'd be like, it's not about the writer. It's about me. And you know, that's why I always knew when the instructors would go like, oh, it's not about me. It's about my writers. I'm like, it has to be about both. It has to be, otherwise you're going to be burnt out. So I had to create a specific artistic journey each time I taught for those people who came because those people decided to be there with me, and I knew that was the only way I was going to survive the job, is if I could create an art piece every time.
0: Talk to me a little bit about Freak Show. <gasps> it's the best thing ever. So this is um, like the new piece that yeah. you've added on to all of your creative journeys. hmm and it is blowing up. She Aww. said, she's like, Brittany, I was away,
2: I think, when she went one time. She's like, I, I've never experienced anything like this. It was, I wanted to keep going and going and going. And I didn't want were, it to end. Right. She, yeah. And there were just so many different artistic elements that I had never seen before. She's like, you have to come with me next time. And I'm dying to go.
1: I'm so excited to have you. You have to let me know. Okay. Make sure your girls get good good bikes. you got to have good seats for this. You know, you get a really good workout. It's just not... You don't have to like if people want to just watch the show and roll their legs, it makes me happy. Okay. A couple things. I for sure have produced other live artist rides. Like I've had singers before I've had dancers. I produced Moulin Rouge on a bike one time, you know, which was so incredibly exciting. So it's happened before they were like, Janet, can you teach them Friday at 10 30? And I was like, sure. And I taught one class and I was like, "Ugh." And and when I and when I make that noise it was just because like yes I can do that but it's been so many years and I do love it but it's a double I I'm going to say this and I don't want this to sound too snobby I feel like my class needs to happen one time Do you know what I mean it has a beginning it has a middle it has an end it had a finish line you don't just get up and start it again in and five start minutes over. like I can't it's not that. who I am it's like it's just I do it several times a week <laughs> three yeah. times this week please please come <laughs> um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway so I doubled on this Friday and I was just like oh is that what this is gonna be and then I I said no you know what I need this to be something different. I need it to be wild. I need it to be a place where people can let go. They can be freaks if they want. I go, we need to do weird things. And so I talked to the manager, Sonda, and she was so cool. I go, Sonda, do you mind if I turn Friday at 1030 into a freak show? And she goes, what does that mean? I go, I'm not sure. But do you think that we could just do some wild stuff and like, let me try this out? And they're so sweet. She's like, do whatever you want <laughs> so I called Eliza and I was like Eliza can you come on Friday at 10 30 and I don't know wear heels or maybe do your nails or put makeup on or dance or do weird shit
0: while the class is being taught yeah and I while, was like of course I go
1: sit on the handlebars lay across them dance like can you just do really weird things we would just be outlandish and like have a show but it was just like the Janet Eliza show yes and then we started telling people that we had a show because we love to exaggerate and pretend embellish a little bit and so we started telling people we have a show you should come and Claire Jones was the first one to say I'll sing in the show and we're like really what would you like to sing in the show? And so what did she sing that first track off it of? It was um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, The Crazy in Love. Yes, okay, super high. Oh, yes. yeah. So I put th- put the playlist together in such a way that it would be like the perfect timing for Claire to come in and sing that song. And then we were outlandish and everything was crazy. And that happened and I was like, oh, we have a show. That was really special. That was like, and do you remember the second person that came in? Was it Ashley? She's amazing. She's this new instructor, and she was not even in the training group yet. Like, training hadn't even started, and I emailed her, and she was in Hong Kong. Yes. And she emailed me back, and I was like, you mentioned that you play the electric violin. Um, Can you come in and play it in the freak show? And she had some questions, and then we agreed. And she said yes. And She's just this rare, wild, gorgeous, incredible creature. And she'll just play like one note, and the whole audience is just like falling, like like, dying for them. Like Like, she should be. We could get naked. Um, Claire could have like a nip slip. We do. We could do. And and at the end of the show, everyone goes like, "Oh my god, the violinist!" We're like, she played one song, (laughs) (laughs) lady." What what about me? Out and you know we're like killing ourselves. Yeah. So then it was like, oh, so Claire is a regular and like Ashley is a regular. And so they would do stuff like this. So Claire Jones would be like, well, I don't know if I can commit to every week. And I'm like, how about $100? And she'd be like, I'm there. <laughs> so I began to realize that just like Julie Rice, money talks and everyone's a lot happier when they're making money. So I began just to pay the talent out of my own pocket because it was worth it to me. Then we had a lead violinist and then we had Claire and then all of a sudden we had a dancer and then we had a ballerina and then we did some choreography and then we and the show just got bigger and, make- bigger and bigger and bigger. And then
0: bigger. it started to tell a story yes. and then it became this whole thing and now it's something that you can't do every week. No, it's too, too much energy. You have to do
1: I do a, we do one matinee a month on Fridays at 1, and then we do a night show. At it's 7 a full PM. show. And what's so fun about it is it's like you push go and you just kind of don't know what's going to happen. You know like it's this wild train ride mm-hmm. because like it's like a burlesque show so not all of it is completely thought out. Like this one time I saw some guy looking at one of those stupid watches that light up in class this and I'm amazing. like excuse me sir excuse sir are you okay? Come up here to the front. Please
0: please get <laughs> off your I bike. I was there.
1: So then they get off and they're like, Nurse Eliza, which is how she got her name. Yes. Like, please check his vitals, which means gives him a lap dance. So
0: he's unclipped. He's sitting on the podium now. And Eliza's in He was hot in the dark, and, too. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and literally <laughs> like, the <laughs> literally like touching the, the <laughs> nape of his neck. Yes. <laughs>
2: Unreal. Anyway, this no way, is yes. just the beginning yes.
0: of what Janet is creating. And we really quickly want to talk about what... Your next step is okay. What you guys are creating, yes, what you're doing now.
1: We are doing a podcast, it's called Witch and Famous. Love name. So, Witch and Famous, it's two different things. It really, in my mind, started out as a docu-series because I want to go back and interview every healer, every psychic, every spiritual teacher, every breathing shaman. circle leader, every shaman like that I that's ever impacted you. Yes. Okay. In the last like 25, 30 years. And Lorna was the first one that I asked. And of course she was like, Oh my God, Jana, of course, you know, I was an actress in many lifetimes. So I'm real good on camera. And I'm like, Oh, I know. I remember you were Carol Lombard in that last life. And she goes, that's right. She said, um, let me tell you something in the next two weeks, I'm going to be going in for spinal Fusion surgery, so I'm going to need a couple of months to recover. But then you all can come down because, you know what, I'm writing a book, and this will be real good advertisement to promote my book. And you know what else? Before we get off the phone, I just want to tell you that I think that the information that I'm going to be channeling after this spinal fusion surgery is going to be so much greater because I think I'm kind of clogged up through the century, you know, so yeah. this is going to be... We're gonna be going to Texas in October to get Lorna on camera.
0: Stop it. Shut I'm your face. So I'm excited. So excited die. too. Like, selfishly burst. I can't handle it. No. I not. I pinch myself every day. So the
1: podcast is gonna be both. It's gonna be like we're gonna be interviewing her on the podcast and while we are shooting a documentary that eventually they'll be able to see. Like parallel channels. And in August, we're going to the person that told me three to five times on the bike. Right. St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, we're getting her on camera in August.
0: What's know. really cool to me though is that like you guys have built this friendship and now Janet is getting to share all of her spiritual leaders with Eliza and Eliza's gonna experience them for the first time.
1: It's a, you know, not to be too wacky, but we're wacky, so we'll just go ahead and share it. We're already experiencing really
0: wild
1: yeah. spiritual things happening to us.
0: Our home has never made this many noises. <laughs> no. Just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. you
2: it, we may still include this, but the fire alarm's gone off during Janet's. <laughs> there's, during a, her there's no fire, there's no fire.
0: There's a literal hum Hums that has happening. started to happen.
2: The art we've never had the ice bucket ever make noises, we always have something chilling in there.
0: There's something special about yeah, your energy, it's really like, cool. I'm really excited. She can't wait.
1: Literally, no, I can't tell him how I think I know you. <laughs> That's tell really us weird. you have to tell no, us. no it's how. gonna be the biggest you're gonna think I'm the biggest whack job in my entire
2: life uh, it's, us. Yeah, it's we'll probably go. not but but okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it Bye.
1: okay my super sketchy we'll call it 18 to 20 something life like not proud of this I just want to be very clear when I say this out loud I just okay I had a few abortions and I think this little one was one of them like I'm not kidding now I'm just because I said that no one's <laughs> ever coming to my class again <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no. No. no, but I do believe that we run into these other souls that we, you know what I mean? And I like this little one has brought so much joy to my life and we have so much fun and it's kind of ridiculous how much time we spend together and how much fun we have. And so I think the spiritual experience is supposed to come full circle and she's supposed to meet these healers and teachers. And I think it's going to impact her life in a crazy
0: way. And I think it's really exciting to see how it's going to impact your life second go-around totally
1: well we've also helped each other be really healthy we have this thing called um not another morsel
0: hold that because we're gonna get into that okay
2: on that note we cannot wait for witch and famous we will tell everyone where to tune in and we ourselves cannot wait to tune in